You guys take a seat. My name is Joel. I'm actually the discipleship pastor here. And uh, maybe if you've been visiting with us over the last couple of weeks, you're like, uh, do they really have a pastor? Uh, we do. His name is Matt, and uh, he's a much better preacher than me, but you're going to have to settle for me this morning uh, because Matt, uh, Denise mentioned earlier, uh, Matt and his family are still in the midst of a little bit of recovery for their son, Wyatt, who recently had uh, pneumonia and some other issues and spent some time in the hospital. Uh, they're currently having to do uh, breathing treatments every four hours, but he is improving. Uh, I want to ask you to continue to pray for him, uh, for his lungs to be strong and to be free from uh, this infection. And you pray for Matt and Valerie that they might get just a smidgen of rest. Uh, that would be very helpful for them as well. Uh, we're going to step back into our study today in First Thessalonians. We've been there for a few weeks now, and we're going to step back in uh, in chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. So in front of you, if you don't have a Bible today, if you do, flip to First Thessalonians 4, 1 through 2. If you don't have a Bible today, there's one in the pew right in front of you. Uh, if you don't own a Bible, that one is now yours. So feel free to take it with you today. We want you to have that uh, copy of God's Word that you can use at your leisure. Um, it's very simple. There's a table of contents. We all need it or we'll be flipping around. So go to the front, find First Thessalonians, go there. Chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 is where we'll be this morning and we'll spend some time uh, in the Word. I want to pray with you again right now as we step into this place and then uh, have you join me as we study. God, we are thankful for Matt and Valerie and their family and their service to our church, and we miss them uh, here in this place today. We miss Matt's clear and good teaching, uh, but God, we pray today that you would just touch them, that you would be with Wyatt today, that you would heal his lungs. God, would you make him strong? Would you make him healthy? Would you work and move in his little body today? God, we pray for Matt and Valerie and the other boys that you would give them rest and peace and comfort today, God, as you just work in their family. God, we thank you that you are faithful, that we can trust you. God, we pray that they would do that today. God, we also pray this morning for the other churches in our community, and I pray for pastors who stand around this city today and around this county today and I pray that they would be clear in their proclamation of the word, that they would preach Jesus, dead, buried, crucified, and alive. God, be with the churches of our area, that you would be glorified and honored in this place. God, we pray for revival in Greenville, Texas. We pray that our churches be alive and well, serving you in this community. God, be with those churches today and those pastors today. God, we pray that your living word today would be so real to us that we could not avoid uh, hearing it. We could not uh, avoid it changing who we are. So God, thank you for it, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, and I, I want to read that for us, and then we'll step right in, okay? It starts like this, finally then. Brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. I think it's interesting that Paul here starts off like a normal pastor would, and he uses the word finally. 
And he's really only about halfway through the book. <laughs> so I promise today I will try to not do you that way. Uh, I won't say one last thing or finally until it's one last thing or finally, okay? Uh, I promise to do that. But, but here Paul, really the word here for finally could be uh, translated a couple different ways. It could actually mean from now on. From now on, brothers, and, or beyond this. And so he's reflecting back over the first uh, chapters here, the first three chapters of, of 1 Thessalonians, where he has encouraged them, where he has challenged them, where he has praised them for continuing in their faith. And he says, beyond that, continuing on from this place forward, we ask and we urge you in the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. And he's probably reflecting back because we see the verses that come right after this, he could very well be reflecting back on chapter 3, verse 10, where he expresses his desire to meet their needs, to help them to grow toward maturity. Remember, he says to provide what they lack, but we've studied that what he's really saying there is to help them to mature in their faith and continue in the walk that they have begun with the Lord. And so I think he's reflecting back and looking at those things. I might ask you today, we could take a poll and we could ask uh, Christians around the world, the country, what is the number one goal of the life of a Christian? And I would probably get a variety of answers from you today. Uh, but possibly, some of you might say the very goal that Paul is leading the Thessalonians to in this verse and the verses that follow. And here is what that is. He is reminding them and encouraging them to live a life that is pleasing to God. Maturity. That's where he's leading them. That's where he's pointing them in these verses and the verses to come. He's going to get specific in the next few verses, and he's going to talk about some particular areas of life where, where they need to mature and they need to grow and they need to be careful, and those will be for us as well. But I think he is encouraging us and reminding us today to live a life that is pleasing to God. I want us to look here in verse 1 at some things that I think Paul is telling us in this passage about how to live this life that would be pleasing to God, to live a life that moves toward maturity. And I want you to notice the very first thing that he says to them. He says this, we ask and we urge you in the Lord Jesus. Folks, I want you to hear this morning, and I don't know who this applies to today, but I think I would be missing the mark today if I didn't say this. The first thing that Paul shows us here is that in order to live a life that is pleasing to God, we must be in the Lord Jesus. We cannot live a life that is pleasing to God. We cannot live a life toward maturity under our own power, but only in Jesus. There is no list of good actions or effort on your part that will be pleasing to God outside of what Jesus has done in and through you. And that is the bottom line. Many of us live our lives trying to wait and balance good versus bad in our lives. Can I do better? Can I be better? Can I do it just enough to get there? Folks, we can't. We can't. But thank God he sent Jesus. Thank God he allowed a way for us. We discussed just last week. Easter Sunday, that Jesus was born, he lived, he died, and he was raised, why? As a substitute for you and for me. 
We were dead in our sins. Never able to please God on our own. Never. I don't know if this is you this morning. But if you have spent your life trying to do enough good to get to God, if you have spent your life trying to balance out good versus bad so that God might be pleased with you, folks, listen to me. He loves you. And he sent Jesus for you and for me that we might be pleasing to him. If today you have never fully understood what that means, or you have never come to a time where you've had a life-changing faith in Jesus Christ, then where we start today is with a step toward Jesus. And I don't expect that you would completely understand what that means, and in a few moments, you're going to have an opportunity in this place. Our elders are going to be down here at the end of the service, and they would love to chat with you what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ but you can fight and battle. Listen, don't get distracted about what I'm going to talk about over the next few minutes because you've got to start right here if you don't know Jesus. You've got to start right here. So don't get distracted. There's going to be a time for you, I promise, and we will invite you here. Today is the day to know Jesus if you don't know him. Please know Jesus. It's the first thing we have to know about pleasing God is we have to have a relationship with him. The second thing that I see Paul says about pleasing God here is that a life that pleases God is a walk. We notice here in verse 1 again, he says, He asks and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk. He says you ought to walk. Now, Paul uses this terminology to walk 36 different times in his writings. 36 different times he talks about walking with God walking in the faith, walking with the Spirit. Paul regularly also uses the term run, uh, but more often he uses the term walk. And, and I don't know about you guys, but as an old fat guy, that's a relief to me. <laughs> right? It's a relief to me that I can walk in the Lord, that I can walk with Him on a daily basis, that I can be with Him, and, and I can spend time with Him. Doctors even say, we have a few doctors in the house, Doctors say and would agree that walking is just as beneficial as running if you do it for a long enough amount of time, right? In fact, it may even be better for you because in my case, I risk injury every time I run. <laughs> Paul says that we have to walk. I don't know if you spend much time walking. Obviously, I'm probably not one to give advice on it. But when we walk, this is what happens. We see the things around us. We smell things around us. We enjoy conversations because God knows there's no way I could talk while I'm running. We see people. We see God moving when we walk with him. So what does it mean to walk with God? I say this all the time, and if you're in our men's Bible study, you hear me saying this over and over and over again. We need to walk with one another. We need to walk with the Lord. We need to walk in the Spirit. So what does that mean? Those are some church words. And today I hope to give you some clarity on how we walk with God. Now, if you've ever uh, heard me um, preach or teach before, or maybe you've been around my wife, you know that I enjoy watching too many YouTube videos. And uh, I watch YouTube videos that are pretty much useless to me. Uh, things about cars that I'll never do or have. 
things about places that I'll never go or see other than on YouTube, right? But that's exactly why I watch those things. And one of the things that I find interesting is a group of people that call them th- themselves through hikers. Does anybody know what a through hiker is? Uh, a few here in the room. I'm going to explain it to you. A through hiker is somebody who hikes a, a trail, not like four or five miles, right? And they're done in a couple hours and, the, and they're finished. Like a through hiker, these people hike hundreds and hundreds of miles over weeks and months of time. Uh, in fact, in the United States, there's what they call the triple crown of through hikes. Uh, on the West Coast, there's a trail called the Pacific Crest Trail. 2,600 miles from the border of Mexico to the border of Canada, and people hike it all at once. (laughs) In the center of the country, there is the Continental Divide Trail, all the way from the border of Mexico into Mexico, all the way to the border of Canada in Montana. 3,100 miles, people hike this. On the East Coast, there's the Appalachian Trail, All the way from Georgia to Maine, 2,100 miles, people hike these trails. They walk these distances. There are even people, I I can't even wrap my mind around this, but there are people who have literally hiked all three of these trails in one calendar year. 365 days, they've hiked all of those miles. If you just do simple math, All that mileage added together, divided by 365, is over 21 miles per day, every day of the year. And there are people who do that. These guys are professional walkers, right? (laughs) That's what they do. They're professional walkers. And so today, I want us to learn a few things from these professional walkers. Now, I'm not suggesting they should be our spiritual guide, but maybe they can help us as we Uh, participate in our walk with the Lord. So just a few things here I'm going to share with you about these walkers and what we might be able to learn from them. The first thing that I want you to see about these folks is that they have a single goal in mind. One goal. It's to finish. One goal. To get to the end of the trail, healthy and strong and right. That's their goal, is to finish the walk. Whether that goal be the Canadian border or the Mexican border, it doesn't matter. It's always on their mind. They're always focused. And if they're not, they don't finish. If they're not focused, they don't get to the end. Some of them get distracted, especially on the West Coast. There's a lot of cool little towns where they can slip off and get good food to eat, or they can find a place to enjoy different parts of the world and they slip off and guess what they get distracted and they get off the trail and they don't finish the ones that finish the trail walk with a single goal in mind finish finish folks that's what God has called us to he's called us to finish this life well to walk with him to stay focused on him are you single-minded in your walk with God? Listen to these passages. Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and money. Galatians 1, 10 says, For am I now serving, uh, seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I am trying to please man, 
I would not be a servant of God. Folks, we have to be single-minded and focused on finishing a life that is pleasing to God. Are you focused today? Or are you busy trying to please other people or maybe even trying to please yourself? Don't get distracted from the goal, pleasing God, walking with him on a daily basis. The second thing that I want you to see about these professional walkers is this. They travel light, very light. As a matter of fact, they will spend months and months on the trail with a backpack that weighs no more than 20 pounds. 20 pounds. That's it. Everything that they need for their hike, every step that they make fits in that backpack, 20 pounds. And here's how they do that. They don't carry anything that is unnecessary. Nothing. They will spend weeks and months planning their trip. They will look over their gear over and over and over again, analyzing what they have to have and what they don't have to have, and they only take with them what is absolutely necessary. Everything unneeded is left behind. Sometimes even some things that make it in their bag partway on the trip get left on the trail because it's weighing them down. Folks, if we're going to follow after God, if we're going to walk with the Lord on a daily basis, if we're going to live a life that pleases him, we have got to travel light. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Are you carrying extra weight today? Not here, because I am. Are you weighted down today by unconfessed sin? Do you have fear and stress and struggle or relationships or issues in your life today that is hindering you from walking with the Lord? Listen, here's the question. The question is not, is this thing bad? That's not the question. The question is, thing is, does it help my walk? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Does this part of my life, does this thing in my life, does this relationship in my life help me in my walk? If it doesn't, folks, we need to put it off so that we can walk and travel light. The third thing that we see very, very quickly from these folks is that to these hikers, Every aspect of their life is involved and included in the hike. Everything. As, we, as I talked about, 20 pounds on their back, they carry all their food, all their water, all their clothes. They even carry their house on their back. For months at a time, they carry it. Everything for their life is encompassed in their plan to finish. Everything. All other things stop so that they can finish this hike. If we're to live a life that is pleasing to God, if we're to live a life where we continue to walk with him, then it has to include every aspect of our lives. We can't be stepping in and out of our walk with the Lord. We can't decide that we walk with him on Sundays or we walk with him when we're at church events or on Wednesday night. We can't decide that. Folks, we have to decide that every part of our life is focused and determined that we will walk with him. There's no place to step out. 
Your home is no place to not walk with the Lord. Your relationships, no place to not be walking with the Lord. Your workplace, folks, God has placed you there to walk with him in your workplace. You can't decide not to do that. The things that you think about, the words that come out of your mouth, every part of our life has to be wrapped up in walking and serving him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. If there is any aspect of your life that you have left out of this process, I'm challenging you, I'm urging you, I'm asking you like Paul does in the name of Jesus Christ to bring it underneath. Bring those areas underneath your walk with him. Bring those areas into pleasing him. Stay focused on what he's called you to do. The last thing that I think we can learn from these hikers is that the benefit for them is worth the effort. Now, I can't imagine walking 3,100 miles across the country. I can't imagine But for these people, the benefit that they get from doing this hike is worth the pain and effort that they put into it. They have blisters on their feet. You don't even want to see what they look like. They show pictures sometime, and I'm like, don't. I don't want to see your feet to begin with, but much less looking like that. They have blisters on their feet. They have injured knees, sore legs. They're hungry. They're struggling. Why would they do this? Why would they keep walking? Because it's worth it to them. The things that they see, the people they meet along the way, and ultimately the finished trail is worth it to them. It's worth it. Folks, if we determine to walk with Jesus, there is going to be difficulty and pain in our lives. It's going to be there. And we have to determine that what we see and experience and know in Jesus Christ is worth the pain and struggle to walk with him on a daily basis. Here are the benefits that we get from walking with Jesus. When we walk with him, he gives us strength. He leads us toward truth and wisdom and knowledge. He opens our eyes to the things around us that he's doing and what he's doing for us and in us. And here's the best part. We get to be with him. We get to be with him. He walks with us. He doesn't leave us alone to do this. We are in God's presence when we determine to walk with him on a daily basis. We see people throughout scripture that it was said of them that they walked with God. Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Levi. Listen, these folks weren't perfect. And their lives weren't perfect. And they weren't easy. But they were deliberate and they're walking with God, and God blessed them and was with them as they walked. Listen, can I be Paul for you today? Can I encourage you to walk? Listen, for some of you, that means you need to get off the couch and move. For others of us, it means we may need to slow down. We need to evaluate our steps We need to open our eyes to the beauty around us. Guys, that's why I watch these videos. These people are walking in places that I'll never go. They're seeing things that I'll never see. That's what God promises us when we walk and follow with him. 
I will show you things that you'll never see when you're not with me. I will accomplish things in you and through you and around you that would never happen if you weren't walking with me. Guys, that's his promise to us. Unlike me and my YouTuber hikers, where I will never be in those high mountains, this walk is possible for us in Jesus. Only through him. In our relationship with him, it is possible that we walk in a way that is pleasing to God because we are focused on him. Our minds are set on what we're going to do. This is the place that God wants you to be, folks. It is the place that he wants for all of us. So finally, (laughs) I'm almost there. The last thing that I want you to see in these verses this morning is this. He says... That we walk and to please God just as you were doing, that you will do so more and more. The last thing I want you to know is that even when we are walking with him and we've been walking in a manner that's pleasing to God, there's always room for more. There's always room for more. I'm talking to some of us in here. Seasoned walker, I'm talking to you. Experienced believer, This verse is for us. Don't stop. Don't settle for where you are right now. Don't miss the beauty that is around the next corner of this trail because you stopped. Don't stop. There is, here's the thing on these trails as these guys hike, it just gets more and more spectacular the closer they get to the goal. And that's true for us too, believers. That's true for us, folks. You've been walking with the Lord for 50, 60 years. Guys, there is more around the next corner. Don't stop walking. Don't. We need you. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 says this, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal, the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul wrote these words 25 years after following Christ he still felt like he needed to press on. He wasn't there. He hadn't achieved everything. How much more do you and I need to keep walking? Keep walking. Maybe you're a believer, but you've fallen. You've tripped. Here's my encouragement to you today. Get up. It's time to get up. Listen, I know it's heavy. I know you're tired. We'll help. Get up. It's time to get walking. If you're stagnant or you're in a rut, help us pull you out. Here's what you got to do. We need to root out sin in our lives. Guys, if there's unconfessed sin, it's the place to start. Go there. Beg God for forgiveness. Repent. 
Repent to him and the people you've wronged. Seek to right wrongs. Dig deeper and further into his word. Do or change whatever you do, need to do, in order to walk with him. Will you go on a walk with us today? We want to be a church that walks with the Lord. And we want you to join us. If you're taking your first steps today, or maybe you've been walking with purpose for a really long time, walk more and more and more and more because that is what he has called us to do. Walk today. Listen, we're about to have a time where you can respond to the word today. And we're going to have our worship team come up. And during this song, our elders are going to be across the front here. If I spoke to you early on about the first steps you need to take to be in Jesus, don't miss today. Don't, don't take another step without being in him. Don't make another move. You have the opportunity today to visit about that. Maybe you are a seasoned walker and you've grown weary. I understand. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you feel like you've done all you can do, but he would not call us to something he will not help us do. And he says to walk more and more and more. So let's determine that we're going to walk today. During this last song, we're also going to give you an opportunity to do this throughout the room here at the front and in the back. Maybe some of you have already picked up some of them, but we have our Lord's Supper cups at these tables. And I put them here on purpose today because here's what I want from you. I want you to walk to the Lord this morning. We could have just handed it to you, but today I want you to walk. I want us to move in his direction today. And so during this song, I want you to take the opportunity to move to these tables and find one of our Lord's Supper cups and then go, you can stay here, you can pray. If you have sin you need to repent of, do that here in this place. And then we will take the Lord's Supper together after this song. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray and we're going to worship him and you do those things if you need to. Our elders will be here at the front. Father God, I thank you that you call us to walk with you, but you don't call us to walk alone. Thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for all that you've done for us through him. God, I pray today that if there be one person in this room this morning that has never taken a first step toward you, that today would be the start of their journey, their through hike, all the way to the finish. They're going to start here, and they're going to finish this walk. God, I pray for seasoned believers in this place that are weary and tired. Maybe they've fallen. God, would you help us to be the ones that reach out and help and encourage. God, we love you so much, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.